And hello, welcome to the Interfaith Experience, Episode 7, my final one. I told you I would be here last week, and I got too busy getting things ready to move and leave my job, and uh, had to push it back till today, so I apologize for that, but I'm glad to be here. I'm heading out of town tomorrow on my way to Arizona. I almost got ran over three times, I think, on the walk over here. I had to park uh, quite a ways away because of the U-Haul. I was walking to the radio station. I almost got ran over a good two or three times. I know it was raining, but let's be kind to one another. Come on, guys. You can drive better than that. And with that, I will play this quick commercial, and we'll be right back. You spent your life working hard. Now it's time to enjoy it. Hi, this is Aaron Kelch, owner of Kelch Communities, and I want to tell you about our signature independent community, Canterbury Park. You could spend your days cooking, cleaning, and doing chores, or you could spend it here with us and take the stress out of life. Make new friends. Enjoy chef-prepared meals. Use our on-site banking. Canterbury Park has transportation available to take you on your errands and personal appointments. It's time for you to enjoy life without the trouble of maintaining it. Call Canterbury Park at 501-5100. All right. Well, welcome back. Now that my uh, tangent on driving in the rain is over, I'm going to come into this sacred space. I'm going to come into this place of stillness. I've been trying to think about what could I talk about in my final episode that might be... You know, a little helpful for someone. I'm hoping that the fi- the previous six episodes have been helpful to you. And, you know, I got so busy packing and moving and getting everything ready to go that I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare something. But what I decided to do was to read two of the prayers from Father Sean O'Lara's Eucharistic Prayer of the Cosmos. I, I've gone back to him many times throughout this podcast. Uh, like I said, he's the spiritual director for Companions on the Journey, in Palo Alto, California, and he wrote this liturgy, which means the work of the people, the the service of the of his church, of his community. And what he wanted to do was to talk about God's dealings with the entirety of creation, not just this little sliver of time in human history that started with ancient with Abraham and ancient Israel and moves through the church and into present day. But what was God doing with in the entirety of the cosmos, all of creation. And so he wrote this specific prayer. I'm, I'm going to read two prayers from the liturgy, but the first one is called the Eucharistic Prayer of the Cosmos, and it's really, it's God in both masculine and feminine form. I've talked about that a couple of times. God is beyond gender, of course, but appears in divine masculine and divine feminine. For the last 2,000 years, divine masculine has been the predominant view of God on the planet. Now we're switching. The age of Aquarius is upon us. It's here, and God in the divine feminine has returned. She's come back and said, I've been here all along, but now I'm here to provide balance. You know, balance is very important in anything that we do in life. If you've ever known a Libra, they love balance. And I found that balance is what we need in all things, all areas of life, including driving in the rain. So I'm going to start off here reading this Eucharistic Prayer of the Cosmos, and then I'm going to fast forward to a little bit later in the liturgy where he, right after the, um, the Eucharist is consecrated, the bread and the wine, he offers another prayer, and it's all about God and is her and, her and his many forms. 
Here we go. God, the cosmic dancer, we honor you. You who choreographed the solar flares, the orbits of the planets, and the wild craning of comets and meteors. You who can name every ancient rock in the asteroid belt. You who can tango with typhoons and twisters and tornadoes. We honor you. God, the ultimate artist, we honor you. You who paint sunrises and sunsets, the plumage of birds and the camouflage of insects. You who, with your finest brushes, watercolor the wings of butterflies and the costumes of flowers. We honor you. God, the sculptor, we honor you. You who chisel out rocks and mountain ranges and cup your hands to form sand dunes. We honor you. God, the writer, we honor you. You who leave traces of your penmanship everywhere, holographically concealing your entire magnum opus in every line of the text. You whose mystical meaning is often misunderstood by the scriptures of the world. Scriptures in which unity consciousness is fragmented into sectarian separation. You who secreted in the winking of a distant star the Rosetta Stone which would allow us to translate every experience into a Christ consciousness moment of Eureka. We honor you. God the musician, we honor you. You who make flutes of the willows by the lakeside and of the reeds on the riverbank. You whose bass baritone reverberates in the thunder and whose soprano trills in the morning music of the blackbird. You who drum ecstatically with your raindrops on the sun-parched plains. And you who hold all of these sounds in the silence of a star-studded night sky. We honor you. God the mathematician, we honor you. You who love to play with binary codes, with base 4 and 6 and 8, with rational numbers and with irrational numbers, with real numbers and with imaginary numbers. You who from nothing created the one, and from the one created the partnership of the two, and from the two created the many, and then from the many collapsed all mystically back to the one, which vanishes into the womb of nothingness awaiting rebirth. We honor you. God, the physicist, we honor you. Quantum leaping from the impossible to the possible, from the improbable to the probable, and from the potential to the actual, we honor you. God, the biologist, we honor you. You who whirl ecstatically around your own image in the double helix of life-making, we honor you. God, the architect, we honor you. You who silently whisper the secrets of home-building, in the hearts of weaver birds and ants, in the hearts of spiders and mice, in the sacred geometry of the temple makers, and in the wombs of mammal mothers, we honor you. God the Awakener, we honor you, you who patiently call forth more and more complete images of yourself until a species is born that remembers fully, you who send avatars into every age to nudge religion towards spirituality, and to move us from mere belief in gods to experiences of the God within and the God among us. You who are the sender of Siddhartha and the commissioner of the Christ. You who continue to send countless others to awaken us from illusion. You who are the gentle mother, watching while the great crises of our times are understood for what they really are. Great opportunities for seeing beyond the separation into the oneness of isness. Our origin our mission, and our home. We honor you.
Now, if you've ever gone to church and you've listened to liturgical service in a Catholic Mass, uh, Anglican High Church service, maybe an Eastern Orthodox service, you can kind of compare what Father Sean, who's coming out of the Catholic tradition, has written. It's, uh, it's a little different, of course, and it's sounding, and it, it really resonates with me because of my love of Celtic spirituality and Father Sean being Irish uh, and me being Irish and Scottish. It really, really resonates with me, this, this idea that God literally is his creation, literally is her creation. God, for Father Sean, doesn't speak things into existence, creatio ex nihilo, out of nothing, but rather manifests all things from within himself, emanates all things from out of herself. Literally everything that we see and can't see is divine, which includes you and me. And what Father Sean really wants us to understand is our incarnation is our ordination. By volunteering to come to this planet at this particular time in human history, we are ordained as priests and priestesses of the living God. We are here for a purpose, which is to bring light and healing to the world. And we need it now more than ever, maybe, in, in human history. I don't know. We're going through a lot of stuff and, and more to come. And we need us. God is calling us to be her hands and feet in the world, literally reaching out through us to touch someone deeply. And so I hope just hearing that prayer would bring you to a place of peace, a place of stillness, and that in that you would encounter the living God who is within you and is all around you. As the Gospel of Thomas records, split a piece of wood and I am there. Lift up a stone and you will find me there. And God is truly present in all and within all. And Father Sean continues that with his next prayer, which is right after the consecration of the elements of the bread and the wine. He says here, God, you are the ocean, bathing in the waters of your own awareness. We are the fish, agreeing that we can feel the wetness, but demanding proof that the ocean exists. Help us to awaken. God, you are the lamb, gambling ecstatically in the meadow of your own mindfulness. We are the sheep, peering jadedly through a prison pen of our own making. Help us to awaken. God, you are the forest, a miracle of ecological cooperation. You are the oak tree in the forest, a miracle of individual might. You are a single leaf on the oak tree, a miracle of intricate skin stretching. You are a cell within that leaf, a reminder of how life was four billion years ago. You are an atom within that cell, a reminder of how life was 14 billion years ago. You are the energy within that atom, juggling a multitude of microcosms, each one a hologram of the universe of Hubble. Help us to awaken. God, you are the hound of heaven, following us down the years and down the days. You are the tiger, prowling patiently in the garden of your delights, and we the prey who fearfully hide from the deadly embrace of being consumed by the mystery. Help us to awaken. And so we acknowledge all of our relations. We acknowledge the stone people, the first children of the rock we call earth. We acknowledge the plant people whose intelligence invented photosynthesis and earth life. We acknowledge the winged people soaring in the vault of the sky, singing and searching. We acknowledge the finned people silently visiting the depths of the water world. 
We acknowledge the four-legged people who found the forest and the plains, the wilderness and the desert, and learned to be at peace in all those places. We acknowledge the six-legged and the eight-legged, the most ubiquitous of us all, investigating and inhabiting Gaia like nobody before or since. We acknowledge the one-hundred-legged and the thousand-legged, the lowly ones, taking forever to go nowhere, because nowhere is where the present moment always is. Help us to awaken. And we acknowledge the two-legged ones, the human family which you join through incarnation. We are one family, but we are the twin energies of our race, the feminine and the masculine, which are the two facets of your eminence. We are the intrepid seekers who started in Africa and then discovered Asia and Europe, America and Australia, the Arctic and the Antarctic, and everywhere we traveled, we found your footprints. We are black and yellow. We are brown and white and red. We are the hues and the palette of your artworking. We have learned to speak 7,000 languages, each one of which can sing of your wonders. Help us to awaken. We have followed the signs of your safari on Gaia, getting occasional glimpses of you in our theologies and having full-on encounters with you in our mystical moments. We are Buddhists and Baha'i. We are Christians and Confucianists. We are Jews and Jains. We are Muslims and Zoroastrians. We are Shintos and Shamanists. We are Sufis and Sikhs. We are Taoists and Hindus. We are seekers, sometimes sleepy seekers, and sometimes awakened ones. Help us to awaken. We do not ask for signs anymore, for we are surrounded by miracles. Rather, we ask only that we come fully awake. We ask that we become mindful of our true nature, which is Buddha nature, that we become aware of our core essence, which is Christ consciousness. Help us to awaken. Through this realization, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we offer you honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. We can hear in that prayer, um, no desire to proselytize or to evangelize or try to convert someone from one faith to another. We can hear that all faiths are equal and valid. We can hear that all people are equal and valid and that no one should try to be changed. For Father Sean, we're reincarnated many, many times, and each person experiences life over and over again. And in one life, maybe they're uh, a Buddhist, in another life they're a Sikh, in another life they're a Hindu, in another life they're a Christian, and they're male and female, and transgender, and there may be uh, all kinds of backgrounds, and from every country, and encountering, you know, everything from being really rich to really poor. This is our karma, you know, it follows us down and, and kind of influences what goes on in our life nowadays. Um, and so, you know, each, each of us get to experience life many, many times as the, we're in this process of spiritual awakening. And earth is a school. It's a place for souls to come and inhabit bodies and learn and grow and develop and eventually return back to our source. So what we hear in these prayers are really that nothing is anything that it shouldn't be. Everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. And if we imagine ourselves as having been 
all of these other races, all of these other genders, all of these other religions, then how can we get angry and upset with someone when we don't see eye to eye about views of faith or political issues or whatever it may be, right? issues of race and uh, justice and social justice, that sort of thing. If we realize that we actually have experienced and will continue to experience life in all of these different ways, then it really allows us to open up and be more empathetic and more sympathetic towards those who are different from us, those who suffer maybe from a mental or physical disability or those who speak a different language or from a different background, rather than simply getting angry and upset and attacking them, we can actually empathize with them and, and actually get to know them and take some time and say, I've been there. I was you, even if you can't remember it in this life, because Father Sean says, if, if we could remember our past lives, you know, it might cause too much for us to be able to handle. So the consciousness of ourselves, it, it, it forgets for a time um, what we were in the past in order so that we can live now in this moment. And this, in the present moment, we, he said this in the prayer earlier, the lowly ones, you know, these are the ones who, who live in the present moment because that is where we encounter the living God. In my time of prayer and meditation, my yoga practice, my Zen meditation, and my attending hundreds and hundreds of church services in many different denominations over the last 30 years, I can tell you that God is experienced in the stillness. God is the still small voice within you. That is that still small voice that's leading me to Arizona. That may be that still small voice that led you here to Longview or to, to Washington State or to Oregon, wherever you may be listening from. God is that still small voice, and God is telling you that you are loved beyond measure. There is nothing you can do that will ever separate you from that love. And I know my evangelical Christian friends will argue that point with me, but that's not the God that I experience anymore. The God that I experience is not one who judges and who's not one who punishes people for all of eternity in hell. That is a, a baby version of God, in my opinion. Where for too long, I think the church has been drinking milk rather than eating solid food. And we need to deep, uh, to reach deeper into the scriptures, and we need to start. And I say this from the Christian perspective of myself. If I was speaking to the church, I would say, look deeper, go deeper. Don't stay stuck in the, the beginning texts. Like, actually dive deeper into other Christian texts, other religious scriptures, and look at the entire picture. My reading of the Bhagavad Gita, my reading of Zen texts, my reading of the Quran, um, whatever it may be. be. You know, if we keep ourselves isolated in a little bubble, it's really hard to... Uh, really see where God is moving and active in the world. But if we step back and read all of these different texts and we look at these different religions, we can see how God is active in all of them. And they all come from the same source, and they all lead back to the same source. We have to look at these things not in a literal point of view, but in a mystical point of view. And when we look at it mystically, then we will see where God is present in all things. And how God is present within us and among us. I wanted to read also Father Sean's version of the Lord's Prayer. Um, I think it might be something that 
you know, it's going to be different. It'll be a little bit different, but maybe it would speak to somebody today. Father Sean says, remembering that God is both our father and mother, we pray. Our father and our mother who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, O God, from every evil, and grant us peace in our day. In your mercy, keep us free from darkness and protect us from all needless anxiety as we wait in joyful hope for the coming of Christ's consciousness. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. So you can see some similarities between the classic Lord's Prayer and what he's done and what he's added. And I don't want to come across saying like I only listen to Father Sean because I don't listen to a lot of different people. Um, and, I, and I'm learning to walk in my own spirituality and my own spiritual authority instead of taking the church's word for everything or only looking at the Bible or whatever it may be. Like really, really doing the deep work myself. And so whenever we, we do that, we can begin to stand in our own spiritual authority, walk our own path, and actually be okay with that without trying to convert somebody over. And you might think I'm trying to convert you. I'm not. I'm simply trying to open you up to a different way of looking at God. And, you know, Father Sean gave me permission to share this liturgy. Graciously, he did so. And my goal in Arizona and, and going forward would be to have my own spiritual community where I could share this liturgy, where I could film it, maybe put it on YouTube, I have our own website, and people could go there and watch this service unfold. It's really quite beautiful, the entire thing. It takes about 40 minutes to go through the entire liturgy. And I've been celebrating this at home because, you know, we couldn't go to church for so long. And so I just started doing this on my own. And I found God uh, is incredibly present in this celebration of Holy Communion. And in Father Sean's community, all people are welcome. And this would be the same in mine. If, if I get to form this, all people would be welcome to receive communion, whether you believe in Christ or not. Um, he says here, it is the custom in our community to invite everybody to receive communion with us in recognition of the fact that we are all equally beloved of God. It is food for our souls. And that's how I see it. I see Christ as truly present in the bread and the wine. I've experienced that, a very powerful experience in a Eastern Orthodox Church where the blood and, and the bread were mixed together in the same chalice. I was helping to hold the cloth up for people to come up and receive and make sure that no, nothing fell to the ground and um, had this, this little rag, and we were holding it up underneath people's chins. And looking into the chalice, I suddenly, my left leg felt like uh, it was catching on fire. And I literally, I'm just in awe of this, uh, this bread and the wine that I was looking at. And the longer I stared at it, the more intense that fire became. It was purifying me, and I wasn't even partaking of it because I wasn't Orthodox at the time, and the church didn't allow that. And I've always had a problem with closed communion. But, um, you know, I just, I sit there, and I, I mean, there were probably maybe six people that came up. It was a very small service the day after Easter, and um, it's on a, on a Monday. The church calls Bright Monday. And maybe six or seven people came up and received communion. But I, it, by the time I got to the end of that, I could barely stand still. I literally felt like my entire left side of my body was on fire. And after the service ended, we went out to the cemetery and said some prayers for uh, the priest's son who had died in the Orthodox Church. Priests can marry. And it used to be that way in the Catholic Church, too, until, I don't know, 1,200 years ago, something like that. But um, 
So he, his son had passed away as an infant, and he went out, and we offered prayers for him and for others who had died. And the fire stayed with me until I went back inside the church and just sat there and finally talked with him in private about it. You know, that it was such a powerful experience. I felt so unworthy at the time to receive communion, but I've since come to realize that I am worthy, and so are all people. You know, he, he prays here, um, by this sacrament, you make us one with Christ. By becoming more like him on earth, may we come to share his glory in heaven, where he lives and reigns forever and ever. You know, and, and realizing that God is within us and God is among us and has come in the person of Christ. God is both impersonal and he's personal. Um, and this is what I've experienced, that God is impersonal as this energy, this pervading presence, that the Tao is what could be called, the Logos, it pervades all of creation. And when you go into a quiet place in the woods, for instance, or sit by the, the seashore, if you're, you're, you know, you're, if you're tuned in, you can really um, just encounter this presence of God that's there. And it, it's going to be different for each person, depending on their own level of spiritual growth and where they are spiritually. Um, but tune into that and realize that God is present in all things. And this is the Celtic view that I love so very much. So my spiritual community would have to include this element of Celtic spirituality, which sees God present within creation, rather and humankind as being within creation and a part of it, rather than dominant and holding dominion over it. Um, that view is what's brought us to the planet that we have now. It's in, in such trouble. Um, but if we recognize that we are a part of creation, that we cannot live without our Mother Earth and without the birds and the plants and the animals and the rivers and the fish and the oceans, with all, if all of that stuff goes away, my friends, we will go away also. We have to take care of our planet. She is living and active. And um, so all, you know, all of that would be um, included in a spiritual community, if I got to found one or be a part of one, where we would really focus on eco-spirituality and taking care of the creation and recognizing our place, our real place within it, not as dominant uh, stewards or caretakers, like just using up the resources as much as we want, um, but actually taking more of a Native American or shamanic approach where we really stay within particular boundaries and we really respect the resources that we're given and we use that well and we give back and we hold our place within creation, not as dominant over it, but within it. Um, and, and we would really see all animals, all plants, everything rocks um, as our brothers and sisters because that is what we need to come back to in order to find harmony and balance on the planet again. We're going to have to come back to those ancient practices of the Native Americans, the shamanic peoples. Um, we've got to come back to that in order to heal the planet. So I wanted to bring that to you and just um, share with you these prayers of Father Sean's. Again, spiritsinspacesuits.com, um, the Eucharistic Prayer of the Cosmos, the community is um, Companions on the Journey, Palo Alto, California. Father Sean was a very popular Catholic priest in both Kenya and in the U.S. And politics, politics always gets in the way and uh, relegated him to 
being kicked out of the church, well, he, he really chose to leave because of its practices of closed communion, its denial of women, uh, really women's roles in the church. I mean, all of these different things um, really forced him to, to leave the church because of the hypocrisy that is so rampant in the church today, which is why I'm kind of like caught in the middle between Eastern Orthodox Christianity, which is very mystical and very creation-based, um, and Zen Buddhism. And in those two, those two uh, practices, and my yoga practice also, that is where I find a peace, that is where I find God present, and that is where uh, I kind of come to, to really know who I am and who you are, which is beloved children of the living God. You can experience her anytime. She's waiting, waiting, waiting to just say, I'm right here. Just, just come in and listen. Listen to that still, small voice. Come in and identify with me in whatever image you choose. I'm there, I'm, I'm in the image, and I'm out of the image, and I'm within you, and I'm outside of you. I'm all around you. That is the living God. That's where God is present. So, my friends, I thank you for listening these last seven episodes now. Um, I plan to try to do a podcast on, most likely on Anchor, possibly on Patreon. Again, the interfaith experience, I'll be doing that in Arizona, potentially Oklahoma, Arkansas, Florida, Got a lot of travel planned in the next uh, four or five months. Can I start my spiritual community if I can and reach out and, and offer this type of spirituality to people that are hungry, deeply hungry for something of God that is not hypocritical, that is not hierarchical, that welcomes all people and that loves all people no matter who they are, what their background is. That's what we need to return to. So I'll try to get that up on Anchor, maybe Patreon. You can find that in the coming months. I've got to get my own equipment and get some things going here. But I hope you'll listen, and I hope you'll, you'll tune in and be blessed by it. And I hope to bring videos also of me celebrating the Eucharist so you can see that. So, again, um, I thank you for listening. I offer my prayers for you in this difficult time. Know that you are not alone in your suffering. You are not alone, period. You never have been. You never will be. There is no separation between you and God. That's the message I've been given since 2016. There is no separation. God is right here present, walking with you in all things. And so I hope that in this time of anxiety and fear that you would look to God rather than to human government, scientists, um, not that science is bad, government's, I'm not saying government's bad, nothing like that, but, but put your faith in God. God will get you through whatever you're going through, I promise you. So I wish you well, I thank you again, and I offer my prayers and blessings to you.